I think there's a social element to that. I mean, that that's like social from a flash mob uh, phenomena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hated bigger. it, but but it but it kind of happened, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. My name is Blessing Porfu. And again, I'm joined by Chris Wilson as we conclude a conversation we started in the previous episode where we were just talking about uh, making social more social. Uh, In the previous episode, we just did a, a simple survey of the state of social in social media or social networks. In this episode, we dive or explore potential practical things on how to make social more social. At the end of this conversation, I've got a couple of things to share with you. I feel unnoteworthy. Catch you on the other side. I have two big thoughts. One, platform. Two, is uh, is the content. Platform. Certain platforms encourage more social interactions than others. So, like YouTube, sure. There are comments below it, but YouTube comments. It's a mosh pit. Is, is that the term? <laughs> that is a good description. <laughs> you can't have conversations there but not really whereas like i find that like communities where it's more where it's smaller where it's more intimate group messenger chats maybe less media but that's a social network for sure and that is definitely going to encourage more uh, i think the other trend that we've seen uh over the last like eight years in in going has been that people want to stay on platform like they don't want to go off to a different platform yeah, asking people to move over to your blog or something like that, that's the best. So, so they basically want to stay on that, that place where you've had that initial engagement. Some platforms, by default, the way the platforms are, encourage interactions and others are not necessarily discouraged but aren't as good as other platforms. It's a, it's a perfect example of Clubhouse, yeah? They've given us options to have people raise their hand to join in a conversation. Uh, there are options for people to jump on in a chat. So, uh, like Clubhouse has some of that built in as a as a system. You know, it's also still small and intimate. It's only the people in the room, and it gives you more freedom to share because you're not worried about you know, the issues of stuff going viral. Unlike Twitter now, where there is that the danger of upsetting someone who's left wing or someone who's right wing, then just or some wing or no wings <laughs> or some wing no wing or a comment being out of context, a joke that goes goes wrong or something, a poor taste joke, uh, and so that 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 kind of puts off people sharing more openly, more honestly as well. Yeah, the other side is is, is the content. Like if if you are broadcasting and you're just saying. Uh, you know, this is the answer, mm. that it's not as social, not as interactive. If you're asking genuine questions, there's, there's a pedagogy which says, don't ask questions which you don't know the answer to. And that's, with kids, that's really difficult. <laughs> but like, I think there's, there's value in that. Like, if a brand is asking like stupid questions, then people just see through it and are like, I don't care, man. I'm not going to interact with that. Challenges are quite good. I have to say, we've been doing a lot of challenges with work. You need to get enough people involved that they start get going. But we uh, we kind of like internally tell our company and get some people involved who are going to do it. We do like a preview before it goes live. And then we like have the challenge like on a day or something like this and like 
just try and get people involved and also try and keep the like barrier to entry really low. So uh, we had one which was like, uh, tidy up your desk and show us your desk. There's a picture. That's pretty low barrier to entry. Yep. People could do that. They did. Well, um, it, it depends. Like, do I really want to tidy up my desk, right? How's your desk blessing? <laughs> for, for, for me, it's easy because you know that the only things I have on my desk are things that I'm using. So <laughs> there's rarely any clutter on my desk, if any. But But I get the idea. I mean, the principle, I think, speaks for itself in terms of just low barriers of entry. What would be some of those barriers that you'd need to remove on to, into, as part of making that social social? Oh, for making social social. Because I was thinking like barriers for a challenge are stuff like if someone has the equipment they'd need, uh, you know, how much time it might take to do, uh, if you need to be in a special location or something like that. Whereas like, so like the desk one is kind of, it's kind of easy because you're at your desk and also like willingness and buy-in, like people generally want to tidy up their desk. So that's why it's quite a nice low barrier one. Still, some people will have messy desks and then they don't want the effort of tidying up. Yep. So that's, and then- <laughs> uh, maybe I could give like, uh, so like the, the one that we had, which was high barrier to entry has been, uh, for this month, we've done this like, um, uh, environmental challenge uh we came up with our own hashtag and i was worried that we'd get like five images we've had too many to wow, use that's amazing and we're doing it in a separate post and we've had like yeah we're getting some comments on these things and so on it's that's every so creator's gone. dream i think there's another side of making social media more social where people are not just the consumers but they're actually uh, partners in terms of yes. the creation process, and and that's basically what you're describing now. Oh, that's a really good point. Like, and part- you collaborating with your audience to serve something that they <laughs> they were part yeah. of, and because they have been a part of something, then they're naturally vested in that. Then they want to actually engage with the content, because we couldn't film people's stories or sharing their experiences. We we made a a simple brief, like a simple guide onto how to film yourself. Nice. Now imagine you just spoke to your church or your organization or your audience and invited and gave them simple steps to create something that is shared with the community. That's that's a really interesting way of framing it, like partnerships, because partnering and creation. We've done some examples of this, uh, the COVID survey. When we did that, yeah, we COVID survey, yeah. Uh, okay, it wasn't necessarily like actually on social media, but we do some with like polls. That's why, like, I think doing a poll and then turning that into like, because that's the sort of thing where you can't do it on your own. So one thing we did was a on like a World uh, Kindness Day, I think it was. We encouraged people to send a uh, message like a public message to someone they've worked with and say just like say like oh it was really great working with you and so then we're like yeah we're doing something nice for people and we're also like putting our company name in front of all of their connections because linkedin just love sharing it and to me that's like when you get these like win-win-win things doing something good helping uh Raising publicity to us and, and like making everyone a bit happier and stuff like that. That's, that's the dream. I think people can always kind of figure that one out and, and are able to kind of 
pull out what actually relates to their context. And let's say in the context of a church, it's mm-hmm. a campaign that you're running as a church and you're like, hey, we're going to show kindness, but maybe you actually inspire other people to take action or it's yeah. serving the city or your community. There's so many different applications to that. I'm wondering if you have any other thoughts that you might want to kind of close out with you know and that's like the idea of listening a lot of you know it can happen before you even say something and it, wow. it's true of like a conversation as well yeah follow your audience see what people you you know follow your church members what are their what are the issues that they care about what are they tweeting about how can you speak into that um, how can you join the conversations they're having rather than like try and force your conversation upon? Oh man, that is so good. Like that's copywriting though. Like copywriting <laughs> is is you start by listening. You don't just like don't just say you know. You don't, you don't just, just walk try into and the tell room people, and... hey, hey, this is your problem, and and I have the solution, and and the customer's like, that's that's not my problem. That's what were you talking about? And and, and like that's that's um. I think that's a challenge with the gospel, yeah? Like, when when you come to try and tell people, uh, like, uh, for all have sinned, and the person's like, oh, I haven't sinned. It's <laughs> just like, well, let's take a look around at the world, shall we? Is this place okay? <laughs> or is everything a bit messed up? I, I know that it's we're obviously talking in the context of, like, social media, but that in itself, just even as an approach to being social and just decent humans, I guess, is saying, hey, just tell me what you think about the world <laughs> rather than I Ooh. really love that approach instead of like, hey, you know what? You messed up. What's wrong with you? It's yeah. like, hey, what are some of, you know, what, what's happening in your world right now? Or, or even saying, you know, this is happening in my world right now. How are you managing on your side? Then there's a conversation, right? And that potentially opens opportunity, you know, like how do you cope with that? Or, or what gives you hope? And, and then that becomes such a unique opportunity. You know, if I can think of one word is empathy. It's about the other person. It's about listening. It's about not imposing yourself. I'm now trying to remember which one's empathy, which one's sympathy. Yeah. So sympathy is, oh, I'm feeling sorry for you. <laughs> and empathy, and empathy basically is, I actually want to, to understand as you. And at the same time in that space, I'm allowing my humanity to, I'm probably going a little too far, but I'm allowing my humanity to identify with yours. Um, and then through that framework, I'm engaging with you. I think empathy is a little more active than sympathy. Just, hey, I'm feeling for you, but it's, hey, I can identify and out of that, uh, there's some compelling that's happening. I'm being compelled to some action, uh, whether it's giving you more extending grace or whether it's um, saying, hey, you know what? I'm just as messed up as you are. Or, hey, we... anyway, somebody's probably going to have Yeah, so I hope that you got a few things to think about and something to chew on. And maybe you've got some other ideas and things you can add. I'd love to know what your thoughts are around this subject of how do we actually make social media more social, perhaps even healthier. And how do we create a space that is more has more meaning, I guess, uh, in terms of connection, uh, whether it's just general connection or maybe even spiritual formation. 
and how you use it to move your mission forward. And now to the segment where we talk about things that I feel would be helpful or might be worth knowing. The first one is an app that I wrote about. It's one of two apps that I wrote about a while ago on the Church Mag blog, and that's the Lectio 365 devotional app. It's gone through some development and changes uh, since I last wrote about it and spoke about it. I use it often. Just a great way to help me reflect. Well, shout out to Pete Gregg and his team at 24-7 Prayer. I love just how authentic it is, how accessible it is, and how not complicated it is. One of the things that I wanted to bring to your attention is this. They now have this morning and night, so you actually have two devotions. Just give it a go. If you haven't used Lexio 365, check it out. It's available on iOS and Android. Shout out to Chris Wilson one more time. He wrote a post recently on how to set up Obsidian to take connected Bible notes. It's a very helpful step-by-step guide. I don't know if you like me, sometimes when I'm, whether it's my own Bible study or my own theology studies or it's sermons that I prepare, sometimes these sermons, these things were disconnected. You know, there was some were sitting in a Word document somewhere, some in a journal because I'd handwritten Some had written my sermons in Notion and all sorts of other places. But what this Obsidian then does is it helps you tag ideas or related things. And as you study the Bible, you you begin to map your own themes yourself, connected ideas. So you might want to check that post out. Who knows? Maybe it'll be helpful for you or someone else. So that's a wrap for this episode. I hope to catch you on the next one. In the meantime, remember to let your friends know about the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. We'd really love to know how we're doing and how helpful you find the podcast. Cheers. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 